0: So we're up to the bottom of Dafnun Bey's Amid Bey's. Three lines from the bottom is a story. It's a story that's going to take us um, a good chunk into the next Amid. The Gemara says, Rav, Papa Le Surah. Rav Papa's son was marrying the daughter of Bey Aba Surah. So Bey Aba Surah was the, 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 the Mechoten, and he would be the one that would be writing the dowry. So the Gemara says, so Rav Papa was on his way to meet his future chutin, um, so that they could write a, a proper dowry for Rav Papa's son. So the Gemara says, "Shama Yehuda bar Mereimar." So Yehuda bar Mereimar was also a rav. So Nofikos is Chazile. He goes out and he meets Rav Papa. So Rav Papa on his way to deal with the financial, you know, hammering out the dowry details. It just started. So Rav Papa, we're starting with a story. So Rav Papa's son is marrying the daughter of Bay Abbasura. Bay Abbasura is now, so that means that he's writing a dowry. Rav Papa is going to his house to hammer out the details of, you know, the dowry information. And on his way, he meets uh Bar Barmareimar. So pischa. so when, when they get to the, the doorway of Bay Abbasura's house. Have a komifter mine, Rav Yehuda's like, I'm gonna let you be on your own. I don't need to be there inside talking about dowry stuff. I'm gonna step out. So I'm gonna kneel my really, beheide. So Rav Papa said, no, come on in. You'll, you'll join me. We'll, we'll we'll hammer out the details together. Uh, just starting Nunge Mohammed mitalv. So again, so Rav Papa is about to walk into the Mechutin's house to hammer out the details of the future dowry that the Mechutin's gonna be writing for Rav Papa's son, and Yehuda b'Meraimar is like, I'm gonna, I don't, I'm gonna step outside. So the Gemara says, So Rav Papa saw that the Yehuda did not want to go into the house. And he realized that it wasn't just like this is private, he felt that he should not be here. So Rav Papa thought that maybe Rav Yehuda Bam is upset about the whole notion of a dowry. That the whole notion of a dowry is inappropriate to be taking money away from the the sons and giving it to the daughter. He thought that that was maybe inappropriate. So he says, "Amrle, my daitech, why are you so concerned?" Mishah Amdele Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda Shinnah, because there, is it because Rabbi Shmuel once said to his student Rabbi Yehuda Shinnah, sharp one, loy to have it by santa afilu mebra bishal bra tava the idea my zara nafek mineh the choshe came mebra Rabbi Yehuda once told, Shmuel once told his student, Rabbi Yehuda, you should never be present when an inheritance, you see, technically, the Torah gives rules for inheritance, but you could override that, right? On his deathbed, he could say, I want, you know, 60% of the son to to go to my youngest son. And it works. But Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel once told Rabbi Yehuda, you should never be present when that takes place, because even if, They're writing from a bad son to a good son. You don't know if the good son is going to have a bad grandson. and uh, You shouldn't, basically, you should keep the way the Torah inheritance. You shouldn't be present if they're messing around with it. You shouldn't be present when they're taking money from the sons and giving it to the daughters. So maybe you're against the whole concept of a dowry. He says, but that's not true. But that's not true. The whole concept of a dowry is also a ta'konos chachamim. It's interesting, yesterday the person during da'af, I don't know, who, I forgot his name, but he, he mentioned that um, it says dereisa, but it's a to in novi. Over here the Gemara calls it ta'konos deravon. So it's not uh, a real, uh, it's definitely not a concept dereisa, but it's definitely endorsed by the Torah. So he's saying the concept of a dowry is not like against halacha, it's a good dowry, dowry, dowry that the, the man gives money to the future son-in-law. That, that's like a, a biblically endorsed concept, so why are you, why are you not present? So Amr Lehi, Yehuda B'am Ramer said, hani la suye nami. That's only if the guy wants to write a dowry. I'm not going to force him. Meaning, Yehuda felt that if he enters the room, then Be Abasura is going to feel more pressure to write a bigger dowry. Because he's got multiple people there, and, and he, you know, he does, he, there's going to be pressure. So if Yehuda said, I don't want to be there because I'm, I'm going to be forcing him. So Amr Lehi, I never, so Papa says, I never told you to go in and force him go in and don't force him meaning, meaning I'm not telling you to say anything I just say you should just be there I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not sure why Rav Papa wanted him there but he said you should be there I'm not telling you to force him at all so responded, just being there me being there is forcing him because he's going to want to impress and he's going to feel coerced to, to to write a big dowry so at the end of the day Raf Papa eventually um, talked him into it and he entered the room but ishtik he said i'm going in but i'm saying quiet i'm not saying a word cuz he felt if he says anything it's gonna it's gonna affect the amount of the dowry but it did the opposite effect and because he was so um, stone faced he thought that because he was so because he was so stone faced was that yiddish was that yiddish yeah Felt like a chassid was walking that way. So the like, gemara says. So he was stone faced. So Yehuda bar was actually stone faced, and the problem was it actually had the opposite effect. Because every here I have an extra Every single time he, every single time he, he, he mentioned the dowry. He saw Yehudah Bar just stone-faced. He thought Yehudah Bar was unimpressed by the number, so he kept on making it bigger and making it bigger. So Yehudah Bar was trying to avoid coercing him into making the dowry bigger, and it had an opposite effect, because he says, Ishtik, he was quiet, the Yosef. So Yehudah Bar Marimar said, I'm going into the room, I'm not saying a word. But Sover, so thought tahum mirtach rotach. He thought that he was upset with him, that's why he wasn't saying anything. So every single time, he mentioned the value of the dowry, and Yehudah Bar is just stone-faced, He added more, and he got going up. So, He eventually wrote everything he had. (laughs) He wrote everything. He saw that he was still unhappy. He said, you're still unhappy? I don't have anything left. What do you want from me? So I'm relaying Eminoi dedi if you will have name de khosable niggle review the memoir said no, up to me I you wouldn't I, I wouldn't even have you write as much as you did meaning I was just quiet because I I I didn't want to affect the proceedings but uh, I you you could have written a lot less and I'd be happy So I'm relaying say Bayabura said Hashanami Adherbay can I undo it So I'm relaying Shavianashi Hajronolay boy looking like I I don't want you to make someone who goes back on his word there's an Indian to keep your word and, and and for you to go back is inappropriate. So Bayabasura just um, got messed up. That's part of life though. So the Gemara says like this. Um, the Gemara says the following Boy Saba If the wife sells the Ksuba to her husband, so okay, so he, she, she sells it back to him. I'm not sure, you know, it it won't be as valuable but she's basically selling the rights to him so she has no ability to collect. So it's not going you're not going to pay full price because you will pay the percentage of if he dies first, you know, the 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 rights to collecting. If she sells it to the husband. Mean you know, let's say if if she if he dies first then she doesn't collect she's dead. If he if she if if he dies first and she collects the dowry, she gets the, she keeps the she gets the 200 zus. You could sell that. It's like a gamble. Like, how much would you pay for maybe not having to pay two hundred zuz? Like, maybe you'll get fifty bucks. If she, dies, if she dies, then she doesn't. She's dead. But if he dies, then she collects the two hundred zuz. The question is, how much would you pay? How much would the husband pay to not have to, to to to, to potentially not pay two hundred zuz? No, but she could sell it to him. No, but I guess you're right. It's it's sort of like a... a like a, No, you, you could sell something to a wife if you stipulate that you don't have rishus on it. Also, it's part of the ksuba, so prevent him. Correct. So the question is, so if she sells the ksuba to her husband, is she selling everything in the ksuba or just the 200 zos? Meaning, if she sells it and then, and then uh, he dies, does the dowry go just to her sons? Or no. Once she sells it, she's every element of it is gone, and it goes to his step's children as well. The bin did she sell that as well? When she just sells the Ksuba, do we assume that she sold that element of the Ksuba as well? Or did she just sell the 200 Zuz? That, that's the question. So, it, it's more of the mindset of a person, is when they sell it, are they trying to sell every element of the Ksuba, or the minimal amount of the Ksuba? That's the question. So the Gemara says... Rabbi says, why are you asking me a case where she sells it to the husband? Why don't you pick a much more common case, which is she's Michael the husband? Right? It's probably much more common that a wife will just be Michael her husband. say, don't forget about the ksubah, maikol the khuba than selling the ksuba. So just ask about mechila. So hashda kami No, I'm only asking because of selling. Why? He says like this. In a case of mechila, in a case of mechila, you for sure are meichol on the entire Ksuba. That's the whole point of the mechila. The reason why I'm asking about selling is because every time you sell something, if a woman is selling her ksuba, it means that she's really strapped for cash. Right? And Maybe she wants to send the money back to her family, but it means that she's really strapped for cash. So there's a certain coercion that's taking place. Right? Every time you sell something, you're not super happy about selling it. Right? You're just sort of forced into selling because you need the money. So the gemara assumes... Only in the shaila, only in the case of selling do we think it's possible you didn't sell everything. I mean, the whole concept is, when you're selling something, we're asking if you sold the Ksuvah, did you sell every element of the ksuba or the minimum amount? So you ask, what about mechila?" The answer is, mechila. you for sure are Mechilah everything. That's the whole point. But selling, you could argue that it's like getting hit with a hammer, meaning you're you're being forced into this. So maybe you just want to sell the minimal amount and not everything. Meaning every time the seller, every seller is not really 100% into what he's doing. They're not doing it for business, they're doing because they need the cash. So therefore there's a possibility that you didn't sell every element of the ksuba, you sold the minimum. But when it comes to mechila, there's no shayla. Of course you michael on the whole ksuba. The whole point of mechila is you're doing it willingly. So we assume, why would you just be michael the minimal amount? You michael, you michael. If you're going to do something, you do it right. Selling, there's a shayla, because selling, you could argue, he's not she's not fully committed to the sale. She's only doing it for money. So why do we assume that she sold Every element of the k'suba, maybe she sold the minimal amount of the k'suba. That's why there's a Shiloh by selling. My is not a Shiloh. So, what did matter How much she sold for? That's a that thing also, but but it's hard to know because over because also you're you're, you're also, things. but it's a very subtle sale because she, she would be selling that the dowry would stay in her son's exclusively as opposed to her sons and the stepchildren. So it's also it's not like I don't know how much that the market value of that is. Like, what's the market value for if you die, you know? That the the if if the husband dies, you know that the dowry is going to stay with your bloodline as opposed to bloodline and stuff. To, it could be it's it's it, not it, a large. Yeah, but 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 I guess the assumption is that it's all lower and there's no way to figure out based on the you know the price. I don't know if the husband's given her a good deal. You know what I mean? So that's the Shiloh. So the Gemara says, Amar Rava Shita Li LaCherim <laughs> Yeish my time is on sue. rubber says like this, if she sold it to other people, for sure, she did not sell the exubus bin First of all, uh, two reasons. Um, if she didn't sell it to the husband, she sold it to a random guy, there's two reasons why she did not sell the exubus bin in element. First of all, she sold it to a random person, so she's definitely strapped for cash, so we assume that she did not, she only sold the minimal amount. But also number two, uh, Rashi speaks this out, this is a little, it's not complicated too much, but when the woman sells it, why would I buy it from the woman? I'm buying it for the woman. The only value I have—it's like a, its an option, right? It's like it's gambling. The only time I have value is if is if he is if she dies first. No, no. is if he dies, no, he dies first. If he dies first, then she collects. They so die. then, right. then it collects. Over here, so 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 Rashi says, uh, uh One second. Um, I'm sorry, Rashi says you know, I, I, This is a Sunday morning, Daph. And I'm a little tired. Hold on one second. Here. I, I, here. Um, the Arts Girl speaks it out. If a woman sells her like exuber to a third party, the buyer acquires her right to a payment in the event that the husband divorces or predeceases her. The price of such a sale is usually minimal since there is some risk of the buyer. Okay. So... One second. If she died first and her husband inherited her property, her sons inherit the k'suba when the father dies. Yeah, I mean, basically, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but basically, she would only when she sells it, it's only relevant if if he dies first or if he divorces her. But the k'suba has been a kick in when she dies, so that it goes to the husband and then so it's it's never it's not relevant. The k'suba has been a different happen that when she dies, the husband inherits it and then goes to to the kids. So it's actually the, the sale is actually completely irrelevant. Also the Gemara does speak out, when you're selling it to others, we assume that you're doing it with the minimal amount because your heart's not really in it. So if you sell it to others, you definitely were not selling Ben benedichren. And Rashi also speaks out, there's an argument to say that she doesn't even have the right to sell k'suvus benedichren because that's her son's, her son's inheritant right. So it's even unclear whether she has the right. But definitely when she sold it to others, you got multiple factors going. You got that she may not have the right. You also have the fact that she's strapped for cash so we assume that she's selling the minimal amount. And also, Ksusus ben only kicks in when she dies, and when you're selling it to others, it's only relevant when he dies. So definitely not negiah. That's if she sold it to others. Meichelas um, ksusvas labayla. If she's meichel the ksusus to her husband, ain't ksusus ben Dikron. Then she's definitely meichel. You're meichel. You're meichel. The shaila is by Rava meichelas ksusvas labayla is kmeichelas lacheim dami or kmeichelas labayla dami. So the shaila is: if you sell it to your husband, do we compare it to selling it to others, in which case she did not sell the k'suvahs benedicher, or do we compare it to being moichel to the husband, in which case she is moichel k'suvahs benedicher? And that's the shaila. So bossa de had the pashta. He answered: meicheres k'suvah dami. The answer is that when you sell the ksuvah for the baila, it's when you sell the ksuvah for the baila, it is like selling it to others, and you are moichel, uh, and it's gone. You do not uh, the k'suvahs benedicher is also uh, not a game. Fine. Okay. Fine. Let me just turn the action so just, just for me, Huh? All right. The rest of the top is by the way how do you do you? it? Okay. So the main point is that when you sell the, the reason why there was an argument before that when you sell the Ksuvah Sbenin the reason why you didn't sell it fully is because you're being coerced into selling it. So therefore, because you're being coerced into selling it, we assume that your heart, you didn't want to sell Legamri, so you only sold the minimal amount of the Ksuvah, not the Ksuvah bin indichrin element of the Ksuvah. The Gemara is the following, Shailah. <laughs> Masiv Rav Idi Bar Oven. Mesa, Ein Yorshin selzev, Ein Yorshin selzev, Yorshin ksuvah this is a, a sugiye nivamis, which we're all excited to get back into, and that is, if a woman uh, is told by a single witness that her husband dies, so she remarries, then the husband shows up, so she's got two husbands now. So the Mishnah said, neither of the Yarshim get her ksuba. So what does that mean? What does it mean? What are you talking about ksuba? It means there is no ksuba, meaning that that when she dies... And then the husband, it doesn't go to her biological sons. It's split amongst the the, the husband's uh, the first husband's heirs. Meaning, when she married that second husband, Kesubas Benedichem was gone. So the shaila is why. Why is this comparable to Arsugiv? You see that when someone is coerced into doing something, we assume that. They don't want to get rid of the entire k'suba. They want to get rid of just the minimal amount, right? When you're selling it, you're coerced because you need the cash. So you only sold the minimal amount, but you held on to the k'suba's benedichin. Over here, she wasn't coerced into it by cash, but she she had a single witness, right? She thought she was allowed to remarry. So when she remarried, it was like she was Michael on her first k'suba. And we said that she got rid of her k'suba's benedichin as well. But why? Wasn't she sort of coerced? Meaning, the same way men- mentally, your heart wasn't interested in getting rid of the ksusu has been different when you're coerced by cash. So she was, she, she had a single witness who told her that she was allowed to remarry. Uh, when she remarried, she lost her ksuba, and she even lost ksuba has been different. Why? What? It's a similar thing. It's it's sort of being coerced. It wasn't her full das, so to speak. Let's see the gemara inside. The gemara says, "Over there, she had the yitzharot got her." Rashi says, the first white line, When we say that there's a coercion, you hold on to your subes ben indichren, name it yotzer anser, she Right? She wanted to remarry. She didn't want to be an aguna. She had a single witness. So she got remarried. It's like selling it. It's like she she, she was in a tough situation. So why don't we say that? She holds on to her subes ben Dikhran And the Gemara answers, uh, the Gemara answers, If you remember that sugya, when a woman remarries based on a single witness, we, we punish her. Why? Because we she should have looked into it. Okay. So over there, the reason why she loses her entire ksuv, including her ksuv, even though she was coerced because she wanted to remarry and she thought she should have looked into it. And because she didn't properly, we punish her. It's, it's a knas. Okay. Fine. The rest of the daf uh, should be pretty easy. Let's go weiter. The Gemara says like this, Yosef, Rav, and bar Ah, if a woman is Meichel her k'suba. so we're assuming now she's Meichel everything. Now one of the elements of the k'suba is that after the husband dies, she gets to be fed from the estate. right? She gets to live in the house and she gets food. So the Gemara says if she's Meichel, the k'suba to her husband, she's Meichel that element also. So after the husband dies... Then, uh, then uh, she doesn't; be, she's not able to collect any money from the estate. So that was his psaq. So and it makes sense because we said before when you're Michael, you're Michael. So he says, Amr so Rav Chizda said, if you didn't quote a have I would quote you the following passage, that you're, you're returning evil for good. Meaning she's being nice and she's being kind to her husband and saying, don't worry about the finances, don't worry about the 200 zoos, no, I, I got this, I'm meichel, and now you're punishing her and say that she, because she's meichel, that, she can't even collect money when she's in a widow, meaning he's saying that, that that's that's sort of like she was being the good person by being Michael, right the only time she's Michael is to give the husband like like a peace of mind, and you're sort of punishing her by saying that now she can't collect money after she's a widow that's not right, like it's one thing if she's Michael the 200 zoos, fine, I understand she said she's Michael the ksuba so she, her intention is obviously the two hundred zoos. Nobody, nobody's thinking, you know, that happens if he divorces her or he dies. So she's saying to him, "Listen, don't worry about that. You know, a like chunk of cash. Don't worry about it." And now we're saying the gemara is saying she's also michael that she can't collect money from the state for food. i is like, that's that's gone a bit far. That, 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 that's the gemara says that's that's re, that's returning the f- negative for good. Meaning she's being doing a favor and you're you, you punishing it. Okay, so here's the shaila. Okay, there is money that he promises her, and then in return he has to do thing. Meaning, there are things that he gets, and there are things that he gives. Right, right. Like he gets her her proceeds from her work, so he has to give her Mizinas. Right, we had that, you know. He has to pay for her burial. What does he get in return? What he gets in return is that because she died, he doesn't have to pay the 200 Zuhs. That's the perception. Ksuva for Kvura. So because he holds on to the 200 Zuhs, that's the payment for the Kvura. The Shaila is, also, he, he gets the dowry. right? So those, he gets when she dies, he gets everything of the Ksuva, and the payment, he buries her. The shayla is: if she died after kedushin, does he does he have to does he have to bury her? He doesn't have to pay the two hundred zos So you say, well, he gets the two hundred zos right? He doesn't pay the two hundred zos so she should bury her. On the other hand, it's unclear whether he gets the dowry at that point. Pashas, he doesn't get the dowry, right? We're you don't get the dowry until there's nisuin. So because he doesn't get the dowry, maybe he shouldn't have to bury her. I mean, you see, he, some of the k'suba he's holding on to, some of the k'suba is not. So the question is: is there a of kvura by a wife after kedushin before Nasun. That's the Shai. So the Gemara says, again, because again, it depends on why he has to bury her. If he has to bury her in exchange for the dowry, he's not getting a dowry yet. But if he's burying her in exchange for not having to pay 200 Zuz, he doesn't have to pay 200 Zuz because she's dead. So that's the Shai of does he have the obligation financially to bury his, I'll call it fiance, even though we know it's not fiance. It's a fiance in halacha. It's kedushin and not Nasun. So the Gemara says They're sitting and learning A guy comes in whose wife after Kedushin passed away and he wants her, does he have to bury her? It's very romantic. So, so the Gemara says They said bury her or pay the ksuba." meaning you gotta bury her. The kvura is in exchange for not paying 200 Zuz. You didn't have to pay 200 You have to bury her. That's what they said. So Tanina, here's the problem. The Brahsa says, Arusa, you have a wife who's an Arusa. right? There's no there's no Aninus, right? You're not you're not related yet that there's no Shiva, there's no Aninus. and if he's a Kayan, he doesn't go to her funeral. and she doesn't have to go to his funeral. I mean, as Gamar points this out, it's not really Negev, because she can go to any funeral, go to any funeral, but she doesn't sit Shiva for him. Mesa. If she dies in a he doesn't get the dowry because it was just kedushin. Maishu, if he dies If he dies, he collects the ksuva. What does it mean? Meaning he holds on to the two hundred Zos. He's meaning if, if if he dies, he doesn't have to if he doesn't have to pay. I'm sorry. If he dies, then she collects the two hundred Zos. So de The gemara implies that if she dies ain there is no chi of There's no k'suba, so there's no chiv right? Because all of the elements of the k'suba haven't kicked in yet, so because the chiyuvim haven't kicked in yet, he doesn't have to bury her. So you're telling me that you have to bury this, Bryce implies that after Kedushin, that all the obligations of the k'suba don't kick in yet. If they don't kick in, then why does he have to bury her? So, my taima, You see, there's a lot of obligations that are in the k'suba. Again, Mizinus um, um, that you'll take care of her, that she'll stay in your house, uh, burial, and all these things. So the Gemara says, when do all these Chiyuvim ch- 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 kick in? The Gemara says, all those Chiyuvim ch- kick in after Nasu, and why? Because it says in the lechi. <inaudible> the lashon is, yeah, if you look at the bottom Rashi because it's said in the Lashen I don't know if this is actually in the original Lashen but it was implied Lashen because it says when you marry another man you may take what is written for you mm-hmm. so because that Lashen implies that the Chiyuvim only kick in when he dies or when he divorces her so because this took place with her dying and then not fully married there's no Chiyuv Kfur. okay, fine um, yeah okay fine yeah okay fine brighter. the Gemara says it like this he also said this that if a woman dies after Kiddush you don't have to bury her go to the next page you could take all your good and throw it on the thorns meaning you think you're telling me a Chiddush. we already had this teaching before Okay, fine. So again, there's obviously a chi of kvura, and that happens obviously when when she dies. But the gemara is saying that that only takes place when after Nusua, not after kedusha. Okay, from here to the end um, is a very simple sugya, a lot easier, and that is when the when the husband dies. It's said in the ksuba that the estate goes to the sons, and the sisters are supported from the estate until. They reach marriageable age. That's the Lashon of the Ksu. And The question is, what is that? What At what point do the sisters, are the sisters no longer supported from this day? That's the question. Is it marriageable age? Is it married? Is it 12, 12 and a half? What is the age where the brothers can say to the sisters, we're, we're done? So the Gemara says, Rav Tani Adetalchon luguvrin. Rav said until they're taken as wives, meaning until they get married. Okay. Labi Tani Adetagbrigun. He said, until they got reached the age of Bagrus, which is 12 and a half. So you have one opinion that says until they get married, and one opinion says until they get 12 and a half. That's when they get cut off. So the Gemara says, the Gemara said, The problem is it's too, it's too broad of a machlaikis, meaning one says 12 and a half, and one says when they get married. So that means that a woman could be 90, and then, and then she gets married, but until 90 you're paying it, and the other one says 12 and a half, and if she gets married at 10, like, the, the, we have to minimize the machlekes. So the Gemara says, you're right. Here's the deal. If you reach 12 and a half, you're cut off, for sure. If you get married, you're cut off, for sure. I don't care if you're married at five. Those are the two things that definitely cut off. The shayla is, erusa v'leyi bager. The shaila is, you're not 12 and a half, but they got Kedushin yet. That's the machlekes. The machlekes is, they had Kedushin from a husband, and they're under 12 and a half, are they cut off from the brothers? Do we say that after Kedushin, they're now, she's now the responsibility of her fiancé, and the brothers shouldn't have to support her? Say, no, until nisuin. she's not fully married. But if you reach 12 and a half, you're out, because you're already an adult. And if you get married, you're out, nisuin. The Shaila's is Kedushin. Under 12 and a half, Kedushin. So that's the Makhlekes. The and that's what Levi said on the braisa that it said 12 and a half or reaching the age of marriage, meaning marriage cuts off, 12 and a half cuts off, the machlaikis, the shaila is 12 and a half, less than 12 and a half, and kedushin. So the Gemara says, this machlaikis was this levy and rav, is a the machlaikis tanoin. Because the braisa says, how long do the brothers have to support the sister uh, orphan? Until she has kedushin, meaning once there's kedushin, you're done. Mr Revelozar army Achitibagar and he says no until 12 and a half. So the Makhlekes is is Kadusian under 12 and a half. No, it is Makhlekes Tanoi. Tony Rev Yosef Rav Yosef said adehavon until marriage. But again, what's marriage? Is marriage Kadusian or is marriage soon? I boilahu. Have I dearis and teku. We don't know. We don't know what uh, what that what Revelozar held. Uh, about that. Rav Rav Yosef. de Rav Yehuda This shaila of whether a woman after Kadushin has to be supported by the brothers. Do you know? Did you hear anything about it? Amale I never heard a about it. But Misvara Lesla. I have Misvara. She, the brothers don't have to support her. Why? She has a fiance. She already had Kadushin. He's not going to let her, you know, waste away. He's definitely going to support her. Meaning, the brothers have to support her until she's taken care of. After Kedushin, she has someone. He's going to take care of her. Makes sense. The Kamara responded, No. The Kamara said, You don't know men in that era. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not going to support. Her. On the contrary, they're not going to throw away money in the trash. Meaning, until they walk down the aisle, this may not last. He's not going to give her food until take her out to dinner. If they're, if they're not going to actually. The Kamara says the opposite. I would say the opposite. He's not going to throw money away for nothing. Meaning, until they walk down the aisle, they're not fully married. So the why should the husband, or the fiance is like, why should I support you? This may not even last, and then I've supported you for nothing. So the shila is, after kedushin. the fundamental shila is, do we say that the fiance now, he'll take care of her, and therefore the brothers don't have to? Or does the fiance say, no, why should I take care of her? We're not married yet. Why should, why should I throw money potentially down the drain? We'll walk down the aisle, I'll take care of it. It's very Disney-esque. And some say, Omerle the opposite, which is, that he asked them, do the brothers have to support? And this time, the initial reaction was, yeah, the brothers have to support because the guy's not going to throw money down the train and he may not know that this is going to last. And Omerle, he responded, they'll the opposite. He says the opposite. And that, no, the brothers don't have to support because the fiancé is not going to make her make sure she doesn't wither away and therefore his... He's got her now. Okay. A couple tekus, um, a couple shilos with a couple tekus about this, about us supporting the sister who's an orphan. The Gemara says like this. It's a great shilos. Shilos like this. We know that once the daughter, once the sister has Nisuin, right, she's cut off. What if she has Nisuin at 10 years old and then does Mian? Right? Mian retroactively uproots the marriage. So now, she should be back to support it. And the brother's going to say, we well, already got married. No, I didn't. But you, you, you've lived with him for a year. Nope, never happened. Right? Maanas makes it, poof, as if it's gone. And Mian is Dafka case where she's orphaned and married off by the brothers. It's a Mamesha shayich case. So the question is, Is she? does she go back to being supported by the brothers after Mian? Do we say that she was already married? Or do we say, no, the whole point of Mian is that the marriage was oiker Freya, It never took place. If it never took place, then she should be supported again. That's the shayel. So the Gemara says... Amruler um, of Shesha's Tenisua, the Bryce says, Almona bebesavia, if she's an Almona in her father's house, meaning from Kedushin, Ugrusha bebesavia, or she's divorced after Kedushin or she's a widow after Kedushin, and she's waiting to do All these cases she supported. Because after Kedushin, this Brisa feels that you're still supported. Rav Yehuda says, as long as she's still in her father's house, she has mezayinus, if not, not. Rav Yehuda is not adding anything. The first case is that she's in her father's house, and a widow, or uh, you know divorcee, but she's in her father's house because she never had nisuin. Rav is like... If she's in her father's house, she gets uh, mesitis, if not, not. So what is the like, what's, what's, what's Rehuda alluding to? So the Gemara says, Rehuda hain de elav the is meaning the Tanakama said after Kedushin, you get food. But not, uh, but, uh, and, but, but not, not. Review says, no, as long as she's in the house, and miyun goes back to the father's house, then, then, uh, then you get supporters. So the mechleik is the Rabbonon, is whether a woman gets after me and whether she's back to being supported by the brothers. One last, Shiloh. Um, Tanakama suffered isla Ravida, suffered less less so the tanakama feels that she still gets supported because she's still in the father's house halachically because it was uprooting review this is no father's house means she was never married once she's married she's out uprooting it doesn't go back one more Shaila. boy 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 this is interesting Shila you have a, a marriage and they had a daughter and a son whatever they had a daughter and a son But this marriage was a Yibam marriage. Then the man dies. So the question is, is the daughter supported from the estate? You say, why not? She's a standard daughter. But because it's a Miyan marriage, the Halacha is, the Ksuba of the second wife is actually from the first estate. So maybe the brothers can say, although you're my sister, and although our money is from the father, I don't have to support you. Why? Because the Chiyube Ksuba of a Yivama marriage is not is not the obligation of the second husband it's actually obligation of the first estate. So the second estate can say why should we support you go to the first estate go to your cousins which don't exist but go go to them I mean go to the first estate uh, you know go to the, the, that family because again when when two people when husband and wife get married and then he dies and then she marries the brother, the k'suva and all the obligations is not from the second husband's estate; it's from the first husband's estate. So, when the second husband dies and the sister, the, do- the sister from the second marriage is like, "I'd like food, please." They could maybe we could say to her, "No, go to the first estate. All the chiyuv k'suva are the first estate. Go to them. Why should we support you?" It says in the k'suva that you're going to be supported. Go to the first estate. The chiyuv k'suva of a marriage is really the first estate. That's the shaila. Or do you say if the first estate doesn't have money, then they go to the second estate? So the, the shaila is: Is there a chiyuv k'suva on the second? Husband. So initially, you go to the first estate. If there is no money from the first estate, you go to the second estate. So the question is, does the sister get lost in the shuffle, basically? So the Gemara says, and Do we say that because the ksuva is taken from the first estate of the first husband? So therefore, all the ksuva are on the first estate. And the second estate can say to the sister, Why should we support you? Or do we say, if the first estate doesn't have money, then she is entitled to go to the second estate? So, because so technically the second estate is involved in the Chiyuv, Isla Teku. That's the Shaila And will answer those Shailas.